as we be- begin here today, you know, uh, I always want to encourage you guys to read the Word of God. I encourage you to this week read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. And as you read it, think of someone you can pray with and, and pray, pray for people because God does things through prayer. It's amazing. So let us go to the Lord in prayer as we come to His Word. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for this time of coming together. God, we ask that You just bless us. Thank You for this wonderful time in which we get to worship You and and celebrate hope, celebrate joy, celebrate peace, and celebrate love. And that's all found in Jesus. Thank You for that. Lord, convict us of our sins. Uh, Lord, expose them so we can lay them down at the foot of the cross and, and cling to You, knowing that we will be filled with hope, love, and peace, Lord, so we can live the faith out consistently before you. Be with the missionaries around the world and the churches around the world, Lord, in meeting in whatever capacity they can. Some hiding from the government, others dealing with just uh, elements of the world, Lord, that may be trying to stop them, Lord. Just be with them all. And we're just grateful, Lord, that we come together in the name of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, the Christmas season... It's a very interesting season because, you know, the world celebrates it in some fashion. You know, you have all the decorations of the trees, the lights, the songs, the giving of presents. You know, the world does its best to uh, promote some type of joy, some type of happiness, and some type of jolliness for all people. So we live in a world that knows about Christmas and celebrates Christmas, but sadly ignores or tries to remove the true meaning of Christmas. The world in which we live in misses the point of what Christmas is all about. And guess what? It's doing its best to have you forget it too. It does not want you to be consumed with the true meaning of it. Because the more you devote yourself to the true meaning of Christmas, the less enslaved you become to this world of sin and death. You stop trying to live to gain favor in this world from the people around you, and rather you start to live from the favor you already have in in Christ through faith in Him. The more you devote yourself to the true meaning of Christmas, the more liberated and, and freed you become from the power of worry, the power of discouragement, the power of guilt, and the power of self-centered, self-centeredness. You know, when we focus on the true meaning of Christmas, the, the stifling power of, of, of sin in general in our life is, becomes less and less over us because we realize that it has no power over us at all through faith in Christ. You know, so our life becomes more about expressing where true hope and true joy and true peace and true love comes from. And I mean, that, and that in some sense is what Christmas declares to all. If we just take the time to focus on it with each other and others. So I think you can guess essentially what today's title is going to be. It's the true meaning of Christmas. And our our text today is going to be Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14. So for our context, uh, Jesus has just been born from a virgin named Mary who was betrothed to Joseph. So both of them were now taking care of this newborn babe and but they, did, but they had to lay him in a manger, which is a feeding trough, because there was no room in any of the comfy inns with nice warm beds. So as this is going on, Luke for a moment then 
takes and draws our attention elsewhere and speaks about some shepherds. He says in verse 8, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And this brings us to our first point. The true meaning of Christmas is God sent Jesus to save sinners of all types. Now, from this text, we see that these shepherds were just common people, just doing shepherd things, whatever shepherds do. You know, and what we glean from the text is that they weren't the worst of the worst type of people, nor were they the most significant of people. There was nothing significant about them. As, as readers, we, we see them as just simple people who would be overlooked by anyone passing by. There was nothing special about them. They were just doing life out in the cold dark of night, trying to stay up, make sure thieves don't come after the sheep and make sure the hungry beasties of the day don't come and have dinner on their watch. Now, why does this matter? Well, what is about to happen to these ordinary shepherds reveals God is truly gracious with all people, no matter who they are. God's love, favor, and and care is for even the most mundane and simple of people that have nothing special about them. God, as we will see, even comes to people who are not interesting by the world's standards. God's favor and love and embrace even comes to people who the world finds boring with no interesting stories about them. For this is how the grace of God works. God's blessing and love and favor is truly given unconditionally. You aren't part of that equation. Grace is not earned but given for power and and prestige and even the worst circumstances in life do not earn or obtain anything from God. For our God is is not a partial God to anyone for any reason. He is a God of grace and these ordinary shepherds are about to see and experience this. It says in verse 9, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And this is so interesting, because what happens here is very unique. For not only does the angel of the Lord appear to these lowly common shepherds, but something else happens too. The glory of the Lord appears all around them, meaning his presence in some glorious fashion was amongst them in their field at night. Some like to say the Shekinah glory. And and that is what makes this so fascinating. For this was the first time that this glory appears in the New Testament. The glory of the Lord for example, did not appear to Zechariah when the angel told him that he would conceive with his wife a baby named John, who was John the Baptist. Nor did, and this is, understand this, nor did the glory of God appear to Mary when she was told by an angel that as a virgin she would conceive a baby named Jesus Christ. No, this was very special for them lowly people. 
These shepherds were seeing and experiencing the, the presence of God that was only spoken about in the Old Testament, like that would happen in the tabernacle or, or on Mount Sinai. For, for that is where the glory of God was known to come about, not in a field filled with dung of sheep and among shepherds who slept in dirt. But there you have it. The glory of the Lord was all around them, signifying that God was directly bringing a message to them personally through his angel. God was amongst this message that they were about to receive, and he personally wanted them to know it, even though they were just ordinary, simple people. For this glory all around them represented what was going on that night. God the Son was now in the world of men as the God-man, truly God and truly man. God has shown up in a way that has never been seen before, just like his glory was showing up in a way that has never been seen before. And this was initially terrifying to them. For God was, in some sense, face to face with them out in a field where they could run nowhere from his presence, for his glory was all around. Remember, for them, they have no idea what's going on. They had no idea that Jesus had just been born close by. So with God showing up, all they could do would, was, would be in, uh, all they could do is be in fear because they know God is a great judge. And guess what? Left to our own, left to ourselves, without Christ in our life, all we can do is fear God, just like these shepherds. For all people, no matter what position they have in life, are sinners and are doomed to be condemned under the wrath of God for their sins. No matter how common or how boring or uneventful you think your life is, or how small of a sinner you think you are, trust me, you're not, but irrelevant, If you are on your own without Christ in your life, all you have to look forward to when you see God face to face is fear and his wrath. For your sins will be exposed from the darkest things in your heart to what you have actually done in this world. All of it will be judged by God in his wrath and fury. So this is why these men were so full of fear, not just because it was just an angel, but the very presence of God coming, seeking them in the dead of night. So in their minds, they're probably thinking, well, Billy, this is it. I hope you're ready. Because in their mind, God has come to judge them. Because this does not happen in the middle of the night, in the middle of the field. But that is not why the angel came to them in the glory of God. That is not why the glory of the Almighty was seen by these shepherds. God was not coming to judge them and destroy them because of their sin, but rather he was coming to them for the very opposite reason of that. He was coming to reveal his heart of grace for them and love for them. God was coming to reveal to the world his heart of grace for men. In verse 10 it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all the people. For the news that the angel has and God's presence being a witness to it is that God is coming to creation to interact with it in a gracious and loving manner. 
the angel is basically saying to these shepherds, for this news is the best news you'll ever hear. It is good news for you so you can trade in that great fear you have right now for the great joy of what is about to be spoken. See, this news in which the angel speaks of does not cause dread in our hearts before God, but removes our dreadful fear and fills it with joy before him. For this news is, is a news of love which drives out fear before God because this news is him coming in love and not in judgment to us. And this is what makes Christmas so special and great. Now notice real quick, it says a great joy that will be for all the people in the text, not for all people. Why does that matter? Well, the people is a reference to the Jewish people, to Israel at that time. The angel is saying this good news is the news of which all of Israel has been looking for all of their generations. And they have been looking for a savior who we know is ultimately the savior of the world. The angel is revealing to these shepherds that God is making good on his promise to the Jews, which he would bless the world. Just as he said to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 3, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So what this means ultimately is this message, which started with the Jews, is now for all people. No matter their age or background or life situation, all are welcome to this good news of great joy. There is no condition on knowing this. And these common, boring, lowly shepherds were proof of that. For this news is to be given freely to all with no conditions on who or who cannot hear it or come to it. For this message is good news for all to embrace. So the angel then becomes very direct with these shepherds so they can see this because they are probably in their mind in disbelief that God would give such good news to them first of all people. But the angel reveals it all the more that God had his gracious and loving eyes upon them personally by saying to them, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what is this great news for them directly then? As this angel seems to be really emphasizing here, saying, for unto you. Well, notice how the angel reveals it. He does not say to the shepherds that this child was born in Bethlehem. For though that's where Jesus was born, he rather describes what was known about Bethlehem. For it was known, as the angel says, the city of David. So the angel is saying here that this is the day that marks the dawn of a new age in which ushers in the one who was prophesied about in the law and the prophets, the one who will sit upon the throne, who was promised to come from the King David. This night is the night that that person has now entered the world and he has entered it at King David's hometown in Bethlehem. So these common men, these simple shepherds, God wanted them to know this great, that this great one has finally come to his people. And they were of those people. God has thought of them and has now come to them. For though they are common in this world and insignificant, God does not see them as such. For he loves them, not because of anything they are, but because of his unfavored love for them through what his son will accomplish for them. 
For God sent his son to be their savior, their Christ, and their Lord. And by the way, this is true of us. These shepherds represent you and me just as the common people in this world that God has come to by sending his son to be our savior, our Christ, and our Lord. God wants you to know him as his people and to know him on an individual level through faith in his son. For this is the one who was born over 2,000 years ago. This one, he will save us from our sins. He is the Christ. He is the Holy One, anointed of God. He is our Lord. He is the ruler of all. Jesus is the sovereign one who possesses the power to save, and he will save us through faith in him, despite our failing performance before him. And that, that great news is hard to comprehend, just like these shepherds were having a hard time. But that is what makes, that is what Christmas is all about, that Christ came to save sinners. I mean, we who are believers have a hard time believing that ourselves just in our normal daily life. If you don't believe me, we get caught up. At least I know I get caught up in thinking that it's my performance is what draws good to me or to us from God or what brings us his blessings about how good I am before him. But that's not the case. That's not how God works. For everything he does to us is all done out of his grace, just like him coming to these shepherds. God comes to us and blesses us out of his grace alone, irrelevant of what we do. We just receive it by faith in Christ. That's it. For Christ truly is our Savior because we could not and cannot save ourselves at all. But isn't that the battle in our hearts? Because we know the evil we do. We know the failures we have. And we falsely think that we got to work off our sins and our mess ups somehow. Work off our guilt. But this text shows that that is not how God works. He works out of his grace. He comes to men out of his grace to save them. I mean, it's so backwards in how we live in this world and what we know of this world. I mean, think of it this way. Laws are meant to be kept, and if you break them, guess what? You get punished. But in regards to salvation, God, rather than punishing us, has sent his son to save the lawbreakers, to save the repeat offenders of his law. And that is what the shepherds are hearing So to drive in this gracious truth of God, the angel states in verse 12, and this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And this brings us to our second point. The true meaning of Christmas is Jesus is approachable for all people. So with with an astonishing truth of this news that what God has done for them, with such an amazing news of how gracious God is towards them that he sent his son to come and save sinners, with as backwards as this seems, the only fitting, it's, it's only fitting that this magnificent son, the God-man, in the form of a little babe, would then be found in standard cloths in an open wooden box used to feed animals in a, a manger. Now, why, why, why is that significant? Well, if we understand God and his grace, it makes perfect sense. For we know 
how the good news is for all people, right? And Jesus being born and placed in a feeding trough, probably surrounded by animals and hay, would then make him very approachable for all and reveal it to be true. So approachable that even lowly, smelly shepherds could come to the true King of Kings. The almighty creator and sustainer of all creation of both heaven and earth and all of their hosts, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who declares the beginning from the end and all of the in between, the King of kings and Lord of lords over everything, the unapproachable because he is so holy, became completely approachable by all as a little baby in a manger. The second person of the Trinity, God the Son, who is now in a, st- is now in a state that can be approached by all people. And that's what makes this, and what makes it so significant is that this type of approachability to come to him freely did not fade away as he got older. No, it was true of Christ throughout his whole ministry. All were welcome to come to him in whatever state they were, no matter their sin. He wanted sinners to come to him, not out of fear, but to come to him in and by his grace towards them. He even said this while he was on earth in Matthew 11, verses 29 through 30. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And guess what? He is still just as approachable now to us today. Christ has open arms saying, come to him. His openness is to all and has not left him, even though he has risen from the grave and now sits upon his throne in heaven. He invites all people, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, to come to him, no matter what sins you are struggling with, no matter who hates you, no matter how looked down upon you are by others, no matter how much you have messed up someone's life and they will not forgive you for it. Christ will not turn you away for his hand is always open even to repeat offenders who have placed, repeat offenders of his law who have placed their faith in him. For this is the good news that Christ came to save sinners, even the worst of the worst, He will save us by his grace through faith alone in him. So you can always go to him no matter how many times you fail him. And he'll never turn you away. Christmas means that Jesus is always approachable to forgive and comfort you in his gracious love. And this leads us to our last point. The true meaning of Christmas is that Jesus is the establishment of true peace. So to help these shepherds understand the gravity of what was being said to them, it says in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and what you see here from this text for these shepherds is that they get to really see that this is news of great joy and not of fear. Masses of massive amounts of angels appear before them not to destroy them or to destroy this world in which they live in, but rather to bring glorious worship. They bring heavenly praise to earth because Christ has been born in it, and this is a good thing for the world. For God has done something wonderful for mankind. He has done such a marvelous thing, and their song gives great insight as to what it means 
for Jesus to come to this earth. They sing in verse 14, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. And what you have here then is the angels testifying about God that out of his grace, he wants to establish peace with mankind. God sent his son because he had favor upon men who did not deserve peace at all. Yet God was on a mission to give peace and establish peace through his son, Jesus Christ. And God deserves all the glory because this is the night, Christmas, that reveals his heart for sinful men. Yes, God is one of wrath, and yes, God is one of justice. But we must never forget that he is the God of all grace, who gives undeserved favor and love upon people who do not deserve it. Christmas is all about how there was nothing within man to earn or deserve peace with God. He should have left us to die in our sins under his eternal wrath in hell. Christmas should not have happened, but it did happen because that is who our God is. He is a God of gracious love who wanted to establish peace with men through faith in his son, and he did it, and he is still doing it today. He is giving favor to people and making peace with those who cannot and do not deserve it. So if we have faith in Jesus, we can be at rest and assured that we have peace with God despite our sins and failures. And that he is well pleased with us, even though we are repeat offenders of his law. Why? Because his favor is upon us. Not because of what we have done or not done, but all because of what Jesus has done for us through faith in him. For this is the good news. For Christmas is God's revelation to all that he loves sinners and he truly sent his son to save them because they could not save themselves and he will make peace with them. Or as one person said, and I think sums up what was said here today quite well, they stated, that baby is in the manger because Jesus had to make his way to us since we would never make our way to God. So this Christmas, as you gather with your loved ones, tell them the meaning of Christmas. That Christmas is all about how Christ came to save sinners of all types, and he is completely approachable by all. For he is the only way to have true peace with God in this world. So I pray you have a Merry Christmas. So let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that today you bless us, Lord, with the joy of knowing that you saved sinners and you have saved us through faith in Jesus. God, I pray that as this Christmas season comes about and we gather with loved ones and sometimes ones that are hard to love, that we can be a people who are full of grace and truth, that we can speak the truth graciously and we can love people true, truthfully and gracefully. And we can bond and bring to light the glory of what your son has accomplished, that he has truly accomplished forgiveness. That amongst the presence and all the all the other things that this world presents, that the only thing that matters is what you have given to the world, and his name is Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. And God, I pray if someone doesn't know you here today, that they can know the greatest gift, and that's salvation through Jesus Christ to know you forever and ever. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.
Mit sehr lieben.